This is the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel, taking a bite-sized look at some of the big Liverpool FC talking points. Hello and welcome to the latest Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red Channel. Liverpool.com's Joel Rabinovitz alongside me, Matt Addison, to react to the news that Thiago Alcantara is edging closer to becoming a Liverpool player. The Reds have now opened talks for the 29-year-old Spanish midfielder, and while the deal is not done yet as we speak, and there is still work for Liverpool to do, it seems that they are about to spend £27 million or so on the player. Thiago wasn't an active target. How many times have you heard me say those words over the last few months? But that all changed on Monday when talks between Liverpool and Bayern Munich were opened. Wayne Rooney said a few weeks ago, Joel, that Liverpool signing Thiago would be a bigger deal than Manchester City signing Lionel Messi. So while it's not done yet, the excitement is very much there on this one, and rightly so. Yeah, that, that's a big claim, saying it's bigger than Messi, but it's certainly, in my lifetime, and I think in the Premier League era, I'd struggle to name a sort of higher profile signing. Um, Liverpool don't do these signings very often at all, if ever. An established world-class player who's been kind of in the top five probably in his position in the world for kind of most of his, his career, really, from a fellow European heavyweight who, it's important to remember, Bayern Munich didn't want to lose him. They offered him a new contract. They wanted to keep him. So, yeah, it's absolutely enormous. You look at the kind of the team Liverpool have built now has all been players who were brought in when they were in their kind of early to mid-20s, about to kind of enter their peak uh, on the brink or something. And that's how Liverpool have got to where they are. Um but I've, I've said it all summer, really. Once you reach the point where you, you've won the European Cup, you won the Premier League, there is some scope there to kind of adapt the model slightly. You don't always have to keep buying players kind of in their early, mid-20s. And I think, like you've alluded to there, the opportunity to sign a player of Thiago's calibre really doesn't come around very often. And I think it's been telling as well that since this news broke, sort of, or at least the, the link started around sort of early July from Germany, there's not really been any other clubs that have been said to be making a concrete offer. There's been some whispers of interest for Man United, but I do think it's quite telling that nobody else has come in and tried to kind of tempt him, which I think sort of suggests that he's had his heart set on Liverpool the whole way through. Yeah, absolutely. You say there that Liverpool don't sign players like this normally. This is a very much a top star, ready-made world-class talent coming into the club. And you know, Gareth Bale looks set to sign for Tottenham over the next couple of days and Nobody is now talking about that. That's how big this story is. Yeah, it is It is enormous. And I think you've got to be careful to kind of not say that the mood has been overly negative since they've won the league. But I think we've all felt a kind of, there's been a slight edginess, I think, sort of within the fan base, especially if you measure from what people are saying online over the summer, just because, you know, once, once you win the league, people want to win it again. And we're not used to being in this position. And I think, that kind of news that Liverpool were going to have another quiet summer after not signing anyone last summer just sets people slightly on edge. Obviously, it was great to get the three points against Leeds, but hardly sort of settle the nerves. And I think you talked about Bale there. This sort of thing does matter beyond what they do on the pitch. And obviously, I expect Thiago will bring Liverpool a whole kind of range of possibilities on the pitch when he plays. It is important, mood and atmosphere around clubs. And I think just you've seen a reaction today, but it's just it kind of lifts the, the, the whole mood around everything massively. And I think it it is unusual for Liverpool, especially under Klopp, to sign a player kind of at this point when the season's already started of this calibre. Usually Klopp prefers to try and get them in early um, so that they have a pre-season to sort of bed in, get the fitness levels up. But I think with this one, the way the calendar's been squeezed so tightly, it looks like they were just kind of waiting. I'm not quite sure why they waited this long, um, but they were sort of playing 
yeah, playing a patient game, I suppose. Um, it, it seemed as if they were pretty confident that if they wanted to pay the money, that actually agreeing something with Thiago wasn't going to be an issue. It sounds like that was sort of already done in the background. So whether he actually is on in the squad for the weekend against Chelsea, I'm not quite sure. It would be, it'd be quite something if he made his debut against Lincoln City next week. Um, but it is massive with the kind of the games coming thick and fast, which will only increase when the Champions League gets going. Um, Liverpool got so many options in that midfield now. Yeah, it looks like Thiago's medical could happen today. I suppose an announcement potentially not that far away as well. I mean, a Reds fans going to be all FSG in now. You mentioned the mood there has, has changed. There has been a little bit of negativity, particularly online over the next few days. But, you know, reports in Germany suggesting that Thiago only ever wanted Liverpool. Barcelona and Manchester United were linked with him as well. But, you know, this just, just sort of go to show the level that Liverpool are at at the moment. Certainly, uh, and the pulling power of the club, and especially Klopp. Um, FSG have, have more or less backed Klopp whenever he's really, really wanted a player. They did it with Van Dijk, they paid a world record fee for him. And it sounds like, from everything you read with this one, that Klopp was kind of really actively pushing it um, to do something that was a little bit out of the ordinary. They could have waited to try and get him on a pre-contract in January, or even get him for free next summer. But I think the thing with this one, because of his age, the fact he's 29, you don't want to miss out on a whole year of Thiago at his absolute best. Um, and I think the, the way sports science is now and players sort of entering their peak later or, or staying in their peak for a little bit longer than they used to, 29 is, is hardly ancient. He, Thiago could quite feasibly have three, four, maybe even five years if he extends his local contract beyond the four-year initial one at a very, very high level. It's interesting as well that he signed the 2024, which takes him all the way through to the end of Klopp's current deal. So... I expect him to be an absolutely massive part of these next four years of a team uh, for Klopp. And I think, yeah, getting him now, it's funny, a lot of a conversation this summer has been about Liverpool wanting to adopt a, a cautious approach and not take too many risks, given the sort of financial climate uh, around football at the moment. But I think you could make a pretty strong argument. There's, already, there's almost more risk in not signing a player like Thiago, given that he's available. I think we'd all hate if you got to the sort of April, May in Liverpool missed out on the league by just a few points and you felt, oh, what if we just paid for 20, 25 million to get a player of his quality in? Um, so to now have that option is it's just so exciting. I guess as well, obviously, with his age, his experience, you know, he's won Champions Leagues, he's won so many trophies over the years. That can only be a good thing for some of the younger players as well. You'd imagine someone like Curtis Jones, for example, who plays in a relatively similar central midfield position. That's going to be absolutely massive for someone like him. Definitely. A lot of the conversation when Lalana left wasn't so much about what Liverpool would miss in terms of him as a squad option to, to use in game because he wasn't playing all that much anyway by the end. It was about his presence and what he did on the training ground, in the dressing room with younger players. He was a massive influence and I think someone like Thiago, who's basically been at the top for the best part of a decade now, won it all. He's just won a treble with Bayern Munich in his last season. He's got that kind of that winning mentality is instilled within him. Um, I think it's absolutely massive in terms of setting those standards. Liverpool have got loads of those players. We know Henderson, Milner, the prominent ones, but another one of those who's kind of at that kind of prime age in his career, who's just been used to, to winning the biggest trophies uh, is huge. And yeah, like you said, for someone like Curtis Jones, he's still kind of trying to find his niche within Liverpool's system. I think we know he's got loads of talent, but we're not entirely sure what his exact sort of specific midfield role will be to learn and play with someone like Thiago on a daily basis at Melwood or, or Kirkby when they move there uh, is invaluable uh, in that sense as well. 
The Agenda on the Blood Red Channel. It's important to say as well, the deal is not dependent on Genie Wijnaldum leaving the club. I know a lot of Liverpool fans' immediate reaction might have been that that might have been the case. But as it stands, this is very much an addition to the squad rather than a replacement for someone like Wijnaldum. And I suppose that's really important to state as well, Joel, because you know Wijnaldum and Thiago for Liverpool, that's almost the ideal transfer window for many people. Definitely. I think I mentioned this in one of the dot-com podcasts a few weeks ago. I wasn't always convinced that it was necessarily a one-in, one-out thing. I think Liverpool, from what it sounds like, I don't think they pinpointed Thiago as the direct one-out and replacement. I think they just saw that he was a brilliant, world-class player who obviously wanted to join Liverpool. They felt they could get him and they wanted to do that. And I think the one-out-and thing, I understand why it's been sort of tethered to it throughout the summer uh, because it makes sense him being out of contract next summer and, and no imminent news of an extension. But I think if they can keep both, it is absolutely massive. I think... The one thing that's worth kind of highlighting here is that just because Thiago has, and we've said how brilliant he is and all his experience and everything, we know from Liverpool signings that even the very best players, Van Dijk being kind of a notable exception, do tend to take a few weeks to sort of bed into the system, learn the kind of specific role that Klopp really wants from them. Um, so I don't think we should immediately expect Thiago to come in and be starting every single game in the league and Champions League because especially the way Liverpool's midfield works, is, is quite, it was quite different to anything he would have played before. Um, so I expect he would be up to speed relatively quickly, but I think having Wijnaldum, who's already very much better into the system, uh, having him still there along with everyone else means that Klopp doesn't have to just drop Thiago straight in and, and expect kind of world-class performances straight away. Um, and he can do that gradually over time. Thiago's probably best, I would say, in a 4-2-3-1 system as, as one of those two number sixes. And, of course, he can play in that sort of position on his own as well. But there's just so many options now for Liverpool, isn't there? We know that they haven't necessarily targeted a fourth-choice centre-back, for example. That could now mean that Fabinho can play there without taking away from that number six position. And I suppose it just opens up so many possibilities in that regard as well. Definitely. Uh, I think it, it is kind of ironic if you said at the start of a summer, where do Liverpool ideally need to strengthen I probably would have had central midfield near the bottom of that list. I would have said, get a backup left back, some cover for Mane and Salah in the front three, and maybe a centre-back if Lovren leaves. Not a central midfielder, because that's where all the numbers were. But I think the more you actually drill down and look at it, it, it does make a lot of sense in many ways. You mentioned the Fabinho as a kind of fourth-choice centre-back option there. You now have that option without losing an extra body in midfield. Uh, in terms of the range of systems that you can play now, he could play, in theory, I think any of the kind of the three midfield positions in a 4-3-3, whether that's the number six or one of a number eights or even closer to the front three, I think he could, in theory, do all of them. 4-2-3-1, again, is something we've seen a little bit of towards the back end of pre-season, second half of the Community Shield against Arsenal, uh, against Black Blackpool at Anfield um, as well. Uh, and obviously, Klopp played that system a little bit in the first half of 2018-19. Um, and I think if you look at the other players Liverpool have got, someone like Shakiri, who doesn't look like he's going to move on, is back fit again. He's obviously best suited to four-two-three-one, uh, as is I would argue Minamino probably behind, uh, kind of in that that three-man attacking midfield zone. Even Fabinho, I think that was one of the reasons Liverpool did switch to four-two-three-one originally, is because Klopp felt that was the best way to get him into the team. And I do wonder whether that's something we'll see more of now. Um, because I think Liverpool's Liverpool's midfield did look quite open and quite easy to bypass in that game against Leeds. Um, and I think the thing 
with the 4-3-3. It's obviously for system which has brought Liverpool over success in the first place, but great teams do evolve and adapt. And I don't think this means you have to ditch that system permanently. Um, but having those options to kind of just change things up a little and give teams a different set of problems to think about is huge. Um, I, I've kind of felt for a while now that a lot of teams have become increasingly aware of Robertson and Trent and how dangerous they are out wide and have specifically kind of set up to stop their delivery from those positions. And that's when you've often seen Liverpool struggle a little bit. Atletico did it in the first leg, I thought, quite well. Um, there's been other examples since where teams force Liverpool to play through the middle and they know that compared to what they do out wide, you're less likely to be hurt by a Henderson or a Wijnaldum in general. If you're doing that with Cater and Thiago on the pitch, it's a whole different story. Yeah, it's almost the, the next step of Liverpool's evolution, isn't it? Because, as you say, often the, the full-backs are sort of the main target, really. I think certainly Marcelo Bielsa had, had looked at those and, and tried to prevent Trent Alexander-Arnold in particular. But then that opened up space for Mohamed Salah and he ended up scoring a hat-trick. So, if you've got so many angles of attack, Thiago is just a, another one to add into that mix. And I suppose if you're someone like Manchester City looking at ways of catching up that 18-point gap, this must be an absolute nightmare for Pep Guardiola. You would think so. It's really interesting that the Leeds game, um, I did some digging on the numbers there and that was actually, I think Trent touched the ball 23 times in that match, which is the least he's touched it since Southampton away in 2018-19. It's a complete anomaly. It was also the most touches on a ball Salah's ever had in a match for Liverpool in the Premier League. I don't think those two things are a coincidence. I think it shows that if you do kind of focus on, on shutting the fullbacks down, spaces do open up elsewhere. And that's where someone like Thiago, if you give him time and space on the ball in those central areas, he's going to cause teams damage. I think the thing we, we've got to remember as well with him, he's not a player who's necessarily going to rack up insane numbers from midfield. I think if you look at what he, he's produced in recent seasons at Bayern Munich and even previously at Barcelona, he's not some not a midfielder like a Kevin De Bruyne who's going to get you 15 goals and 20-plus assists a season. Uh, but he, he's still creative in a slightly different way. He's probably one of the players who will do the pass before the pass that then gets Liverpool in from deeper positions. Um, you saw in that latter run of the Champions League at Bayern Munich, he was absolutely integral, picking the ball up off the centre-backs, spinning away. He's so good in those tight areas. His low sense of gravity or play those kind of very direct forward passes between the lines, which... I think that's when Liverpool fans can sometimes be a little bit frustrated with the current midfield. Obviously, appreciate what they've done to win the trophies that they have in a very specific kind of style. But I think the more variety you can add, someone who takes a few more risks and is just so it's so silky on the ball, he's going to be so much fun to watch. Yeah, we mentioned that obviously Juan Alden doesn't necessarily have to depart. I suppose. One or two of the other midfielders might be looking over their shoulder a little bit. I know you're a big fan of Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain, for example. He's out injured for a few weeks now. Do you think someone like him possibly is looking at it and thinking, well, I wasn't getting you know, that many starts on a regular basis before. This does make it a little bit more difficult. Do you think you'd look at that in a, a negative way or, or would you perhaps flip that the other way around and say, well, actually, that just means that everyone now has got to, to lift their levels to the next stage? Definitely more so the latter, I think. Um, I said before, you, you can't have too many of these kind of these great players, but it's true. Uh, you look at someone like Wijnaldum, for example, I think a lot of people, and Alana, in fairness, and maybe even Henderson you could throw in there, a lot of people presumed when Liverpool bought Fabinho and Cater in that they would just be kind of nailed on regular starters and that that would drop Wijnaldum, Lallana, Henderson, Milner, even down the pecking order, and Liverpool's midfield would be built around those two. 
And obviously they've been brilliant in, in patches and we expect them to play a massive role this season and beyond. But it hasn't that hasn't happened. If anything, Juan Alden took his game up to a whole new level because of a competition. Um, and I think the more of that you can have in the squad, the better. Um, especially for someone like Oxo Chamberlain. I know we all we all know and think that he is best as a central midfielder, but he can play other roles. He did Klopp did trust him out wide a few times last season, and I'd still like to see Liverpool address the front three with some cover this summer. Uh, whether we'll see that in the next few weeks, we don't know. But if this story proves anything, it's that things can change quickly. But I think again, like you mentioned with Fabinho now being more of a viable centre back option because you've got the extra numbers in midfield, it does open. Uh, Oxford Chamberlain to play a little bit further forward if that's where his games are more likely to come. Uh, I just think having lots of good central midfielders basically solves a lot of problems in a lot of different ways. I think even if you look at somewhere like right back, if if Trent got injured, you've obviously got Williams there. I'm not convinced if Trent was out for a couple of months that Williams would just play every game. I think Klopp might probably use one of Henderson, maybe Fabinho, who's played there before, Milner in that right back position. and then, yeah, again, having the extra numbers in midfield allows you to do that. So, in a way, even though it's not what you would have pinpointed as a priority, it does sort of solve a lot of problems in one, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. It's, you know, whichever way you look at it, an absolutely massive signing for Liverpool. The Premier League champions have just got themselves a world-class player and probably the rest of the teams in England and across Europe are probably thinking their job has just been made a little bit harder. Absolutely loads more reaction to come across the Liverpool Echo website and Blood Red, of course, too, over the next few days. But for now, from me, Matt Addison, and also Joel Rabinowitz, drink in the reaction, enjoy the rest of your day, but goodbye for now. You've been listening to the Agenda Podcast on the Blood Red channel.